What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show. Monday, May 11, 2015. What a weekend. And as I am recording this show right now from the Beantown Athletic Studio here in Dorchester, Massachusetts, I don't currently know what the suspension will be for Tom Brady. Now, perhaps by the time you listen to today's podcast, that suspension comes out. And the NFL makes a ruling as to whether or not Tom Brady should be suspended, will be suspended, or maybe just fined, or maybe nothing. I don't know. Um, If you are listening to this and the report did come out, I apologize. And that means that on tomorrow's podcast, I will react to it. But if you've listened to me, not just on this show last week, not just on my WEEI weekend show, even following me on Twitter, Facebook, all forms of social media, going to my website, dannypicard.com, reading my weekly column every Friday in the Boston Metro, you know how I feel about Deflategate. You know how I felt about it since day one. You know how I feel about it now after reading the Wells report. I think the NFL, after reading the, the Wells report themselves, should be embarrassed. Roger Goodell should be embarrassed should be embarrassed by everything that has taken place right now. And I read the Wells report when it came out middle of last week. And I came on this show the very next day and I gave you my reaction. Go back last Thursday's podcast, which by the way is um just just crushing it in the numbers game, right? Uh you know, we we're we're increasing uh the numbers and the downloads and the listens to this podcast, and we're certainly building something. I can tell you that. Um, you know, we're this thing is absolutely improving week by week with regards to statistics and what we're getting on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, you name it. But last Thursday, my reaction to the Wells report is, it, it, as of right now, it goes down as the most listened to show. That, that we've done since the relaunch here of the Danny Picard Show. What, the first week of February? Patriots won the Super Bowl. I opened this show. I launched this show talking about the Wells Report. Excuse me, talking about Deflategate. Three months later, we now have to talk about the Wells Report. I gave my reaction last Thursday completely. And I told you that this is on the officials. This is a league problem more than it's a Patriots problem. There have been players that have come out and said things uh, about what teams do to the footballs. Quarterbacks do certain things. Now, did the Patriots break a rule with regards to maybe doing something to the football, letting a little air out of it after the officials tested? Maybe. I actually think that was the case. But I actually think that the Wells report shows there's a, a trust issue between Brady and the officials because the officials don't know how to properly inflate a football Going into an NFL game, they don't measure for PSI. And when they do, they don't measure properly. Or at least the Wells report doesn't prove to me that they know what they're doing. Or Walt Anderson knows what he's doing, right? This is a league issue. And if I'm Roger Goodell and I read this Wells report, the the moment I start seeing shit about the Week 7 game against the Jets and the Patriots used balls that were inflated to 16 PSI, the minute I start reading about Walt Anderson's pregame preparation with the footballs going into the AFC Championship game, and then see that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about with his gauges, his 
one gauge has a Wilson logo. The other, he got down the corner store on his way to the to the stadium. Um, Walt Anderson seems like just a clueless official to me, and that that is a glaring issue. That's a glaring issue. Issues that now some people are trying to point out, like Mike Florio, uh, pro football talk. What a clown! He thinks he's the Christopher Columbus of this fucking Wells report. He thinks he's just discovering shit. Like he's like uh, the only one who sees the little footnotes. No, 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 Mike. We've all read the report. And 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 me, I've been. And, and I'm not the only one. You got a, a couple other people that have been saying this stuff, right? I got Jerry Thornton's been on this. Um, I even saw Mike Hurley from CBS Sports Boston. He was tweeting me yesterday saying he was on top of this. A couple other people as well. Matt Chatham, someone who's on this show a couple times, he's pointed this out. The whole process with regards to the pregame protocol going into the AFC Championship game and even in Week 7 against the Jets, and I'm sure those aren't the only two games that the refs didn't give a shit about PSI levels before a game, right? Uh, There are examples in this Wells report that show me this is a league issue, and that if you want to go into an investigation, you better be sure you go into an investigation about your officials, because if the officials can't get the rule on PSI right, how the fuck can you suspend a player who, by the way, probably, maybe, kind of, sort of, was at least generally aware of inappropriate activities? Uh it drives me mad. It, 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 it's driving me crazy. And, you know, Florio's story, is he points out the whole gauges, you know, the different gauges that Walt Anderson had. Yeah, I mean, stuff that I pointed out last Thursday to you, right? But, he, then, but then he goes into, well, Brady's still got to be punished. Why does he have to be punished? Why? Because somebody did something to the football after the officials? Yeah, look, I think they broke that rule, but I think it's a fine. Because I think other teams obviously are doing things to the football after the official. You had Jeff Blake come out. And he said that they used to put a pin in the football on the sideline and take some air out of it. They don't do it with the PSI gauge. They do it just because it's a personal preference thing with the quarterbacks. We're talking about air pressure in a fucking football, people. In a football, air pressure. It's just so stupid. In 10 years, we're going to look back on this and say, wow, people really got worked up. They really wanted Brady to uh, miss, uh, get suspended for 10 games, huh? <laughs> these people are nuts. These people are losing their minds. We say, well, these people who want Brady to be suspended, they, they have an agenda. They hate the Patriots. They hate people are great. No, I think they're fucking, they're just morons that aren't living on the same planet. These people are aliens, okay? I consider myself a human with human reaction to human stories. When you watch CNN, Fox News, think about this. When you put on, who's the guy? Wolf Blitzer, Anderson Cooper. When you watch those guys, do you look at them and listen to the way they talk? When you watch Bob Lee outside the lines on ESPN, do you look at him and say, this guy is a normal human? No. Why do you not do that? Because he's not a normal human. Think about the last time that guy said anything that didn't se- with a sentence that didn't sound like this. Ready? Give me a uh, Pete. Uh, we gotta say. All right, I'm gonna read something on my. I'm gonna read anything. Uh, I'm gonna read something right here on. On what website am I on here? Uh, C- CSNNE.com, All right. 
website I used to work for. There's a plug to it, even though I don't work there anymore. Um, great people there. Love them. Love them. Uh, here's, here's a sentence. I'm trying to read a normal sentence. Ready? At what point? This is how Bob Lee. Here's how I read the sentence. At what point are the Red Sox starters held accountable? Here's how Bob Lee would read this sentence. At what point are the Red Sox starters held accountable? Like, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bob Lee, everything he says is just in this tone that's like, is this dude a robot? And, and are you really going to? Because, look, uh, we know how outside the lines. They, they, look, they have some good stories, some in-depth pieces. But everything is like in this tone of Tom Brady, quarterback of the New England Patriots. Football's deflated. Coming up next on Outside the Lines. Like, they don't, this isn't, these people aren't even normal humans. So they're going to go into this story. What's, do you think that ESPN would ever do a story on Walt Anderson's pregame protocol? No, because nobody's going to watch that shit because nobody cares. It's a boring story. Tom Brady taking air pressure out of footballs. Well, that's not so boring anymore, is it? If you're going to talk about Brady possibly, maybe, kind of, at least generally, sort of, maybe being a cheetah? Question mark? <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Man, and now we're waiting for a suspension. Right, we're waiting for a suspension. I guess there's a there's a a social media uh, stand that is being taken, and it's a hashtag. And I'm all for it. I'm all for it. That hashtag is no Brady, no banner. I'm all for it. No Brady, no banner. The Patriots open up. Right, it's Thursday night. It's nationally televised. Roger Goodell's, you would think, is going to be there, um, right? Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to suspend Brady, here's what you do. Uh, you don't raise the banner until week three against Jacksonville, 1 o'clock on CBS. You don't do it NBC, 8.30 on Thursday, September 10th in week one against Pittsburgh with the whole world watching. You don't do it there. If Tom Brady's not going to be at the, playing in this game, you do not raise the banner that Tom Brady, you know, ended up really getting for you. If you don't have Tom Brady, you don't win that banner. So if you don't have Tom Brady, you don't raise the banner. And if you don't have Brady playing in week one, you don't raise the banner. It's as simple as that. I- I'm all for that. Right, Pete? You like that? No Brady, no banner? You, you cool with that? If yeah, Brady re- is suspended? I'm going to retweet that. Retweet it. Yeah. There's a lot of retweets going on. You, you could, yeah, you could really change the world with that one retweet that you send out. Uh, so that's, that's where we stand with Brady as of this Monday morning. Look, this afternoon, penalty could come out. If it does, and you're listening to this, and you're saying, Danny, they already, they already released the penalty. Look, we recorded this early in the morning. I'll react on Tuesday's podcast. I'm here five days a week, DannyPicard.com. Let's, let's get away from this for a minute, and let's talk about some other completely foolish things in the world of sports. If you're David Blatt, coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, you might as well not, I mean, you might as well not even show up for game five, right? You might as well resign. Go out on your terms. Go out on your terms if you're David Blatt. Resign. Don't show up for game five. Let, let Tyron Lue coach game five. Tyron Lue saved your ass in one situation, and then LeBron James saved your ass in another one. And look, I, 
I've sat here and said this many times. It is embarrassing to me how the Cavaliers respond to the media with regards to how they talk about their coach when they're asked questions. Like throughout the season when LeBron's like, oh, well, you know what? He's a rookie coach. He's still learning. No, you don't. We know he's a rookie coach, LeBron. We know you're a veteran that's won championships. We don't need you. Nobody needs you. He doesn't need you coming out and critiquing him as a rookie coach to the media. All right? So I've always been opposed to that. But, you know, a couple things happened in this game yesterday where if I'm LeBron James, I'm, I'm not too happy about. David Blatt, look, in a playoff game, where you trail the series two games to one in the second round, you don't have one of your big three in Kevin Love because he's out injured. This is, to me, as as poorly coached game as I've ever seen anybody in the history of sports. And the decisions that he made were overruled. David Blatt is the luckiest guy in the world today. Can you imagine, one, if David Blatt... Here's the situation if you didn't see it. The Cleveland Cavaliers win the game yesterday in Chicago. Buzzer beater for LeBron James. Fadeaway, fadeaway shot in front of the Bulls bench. Game over at the buzzer. Um, series tied at two. Going back to Cleveland for game five, which uh, is, I believe, going to be, yes, Tuesday at 7 o'clock in Cleveland. Right? But, so, Cavaliers win 86-84 with the buzzer beater from LeBron James. Before that... There was potential, you know, we're talking about potentially the things that they're saying about Blatt being 20 times worse today. Because Blatt, with eight seconds left, eight seconds left, after Derrick Rose, a Derrick Rose layup tied the game at 84, David Blatt, the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers, okay, tried to call a timeout, steps on the court. He's not just on the sideline. He is on the court calling a timeout. Tyron Lue has to run over, grab him, and literally pull him off the court back to the sideline and say, you idiot, we don't have any timeouts left. Luckily for David Blatt, the refs didn't see this stupidity, and they didn't call the timeout because if they, well, they couldn't call the timeout. You know why? David Blatt didn't have any timeouts left. If the refs saw him calling timeout with no timeouts left in an 84-84 game with eight seconds left, you know what that would have done? that would have given the Bulls one free throw and possession. And possession. Now, I know you could say things could happen. Maybe the game wouldn't be over. The game would have been over. All right? David Blatt would have cost him the game. Now, the refs didn't see it. He's let off the hook. You think, all right, I won't be as stupid here the rest of this game or the rest of the season. There's no way I could be dumber than that. Or you know, be more clueless than that. Then you get the Cavaliers have the ball. Um, uh, you know, they go down the court. There's a there's a play in which you need to figure out how much time is left in the clock. So the officials go and, and look at that, and they review that. And that's under scrutiny today because essentially they say it's a timeout for both teams. It gives them time to draw up a play. Um, the problem is, I can't get too worked up about that. Because the play call that was originally drawn up, as we find out after the game, was for LeBron James with what? What are we talking? Is it one, 1.5 seconds left? 
right? One, not even two seconds left. One point something to inbound the ball. David Blatt drew up a play to have LeBron inbound the ball. Now, if, if there's five, six seconds left, I can see you want him inbounding the ball and then run and get open real quick. You give LeBron the ball back. LeBron's taking the shot, right? He's taking the shot. That you, you would think that's how you draw it up. Blatt didn't draw, that, draw it up like that. He had LeBron inbounding the ball. LeBron says to him in the huddle, that's not going to happen. So what they do is he, LeBron changes the play, which he should have done because it's a stupid play call. And LeBron makes the game-winning shot. A fadeaway jumper in front of the Bulls bench. It's a buzzer beater. LeBron ties Michael Jordan for career playoff buzzer beaters now with three. Cavs win, even a series of two. Completely take David Blatt off the hook. And I know I've been someone that has sat here and said, I, I really despise how the Cavaliers talk about their coach to the media. But the things that happened during this game are just inexcusable. One, the, the attempt to call a timeout with none left in a tie game, in a playoff game with eight seconds left, and your, your ass is lucky that the refs didn't see it. Two, with not even two seconds left, you make a play call that has LeBron inbound on the ball? What? Are you asking to be fired? So here's what LeBron James said postgame. This is classic. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, the play that was drawn up, um, I scratched it. And uh, I just told uh, Coach, just give me the ball. And, um, you know, we either going to go in overtime or I'm going to win it for us. It was that simple. Were you supposed to inbound on the original play? I was. I was supposed to take the ball out. So, Coach, there's no way I'm taking the ball out unless I, unless I can shoot it over the backboard and go in. Uh, so. Wow. 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 I can't believe David Blatt made that play call. That is the dumbest play call I've ever heard. So, I, I don't usually say that, you know, this is a good thing to say if you're a player. But David Blatt, if the Cavs win the championship, he will be the first. Right, will he be the first coach to win a championship and get fired the next day? The next day. He might get fired that night. They could win the championship, the Cavs, and, you know, they call Blatt into the room while his suit is soaking wet with champagne, and they say, hey, dry off, pack up, you're out of here. This is brutal. You know, if it wasn't for LeBron James, we wouldn't even be with, I mean, you could say that anyways. Good play call, not play call, but this is just bad. This guy, I usually get this guy's back, and maybe we're starting to see Right, maybe and all the things that have been said, maybe LeBron James, this guy's driving him nuts. I, I, if this is the shit that he's doing, like, the, uh, how, I mean, wake up, buddy. You have no timeouts left. Wake up. Two, you're going to have LeBron inbound the ball? What, what are we talking about? What is going on here? You got to, he's gone. He can't coach his team. If I'm LeBron. What did you say <laughs> you do here? You can't go. He, he's done. Blatt's got to go. I'm sorry. I usually got the guys back. Local guy. Yeah, he's from Massachusetts, right? From New England. Right, he can't. The best is when he's he walking onto the court. He looks like such a dingbat. Oh, Just man. Strutting onto the court. I, yeah. I... Da, 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 timeout. <laughs> uh, we got we to gotta call a timeout. No, you don't have any left, dude. Tyron Lue, you know, he's got to pull you off the court. And then that's the play call you make? Oh, man. It's, it, it, 
LeBron's post game too. It's classic. He's just like, oh, this guy's serious. This guy, this is gonna happen. No, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna drive LeBron. Play a coach. That's what Blatt might. She shouldn't even show up. Blatt, Blatt shouldn't even show up for Game Five. Honestly, he shouldn't. Maybe they fire him. I, uh, that is so dumb. That is just both things. He had two chances in eight seconds. In eight seconds. You make two decisions like that. Now, you're lucky they didn't cost you the game or the season. Bulls go up three games to one. What are we looking at here? They win that game without Gasol? Come on. Now it's 2-2. Cavaliers, I think they'll win the series. Who are they going to play? Well, if Paul Pierce has anything to say about it, they're going to play the Wizards, even without John Wall. Paul Pierce with a vintage buzzer beater to win game three. Uh, and the Wizards lead that series. They'll play tonight, two games tonight, right? The Wizards and Atlanta in their game four in Washington in D.C. And then the Golden State Warriors, Memphis Grizzlies at 9.30, their game four in Memphis. Memphis leads that series two to one. The crowd in Memphis the other night was awesome. Awesome. They Remember the Tony Allen audio we played? The other day, Pete, with uh, Tony Allen was mic'd up in the previous game. Uh, I believe it was game two in Golden State. And this was in a Memphis win. Uh, Tony Allen, you know, he's more, he's a defensive guy. And he's making these defensive plays and he's mic'd up. And every time he get, makes a nice defensive play, he's yelling, first team all defense! First team all defense! So, it, you know, it... It it was an awesome. It was cool. It was funny. Um, it, it, you know, it just go. It, it I like when the guys are mic'd up. That's passion. It's also swagger. Uh, Tony Allen, you know, he gives you the sense that uh, he's he's pretty. He's proud about that. He's proud about his defense, and he's letting people know about it. First team all defense. First team all defense. <laughs> First team all defense. <laughs> First team all defense. So game three, Memphis is winning. Golden State, they're missing threes again. Uh, But Memphis, you got to credit their defense to some of that too. Um, The crowd starts chanting. First team defense. First team defense. It was awesome. Oh, place is going out. It was unbelievable. Now... I think Golden State wins tonight, and that's where my lock is going to be. Golden State in Game 4, they're going to even up the series tonight. Golden State in Memphis, still a favorite. Four and a half point favorite. I think they even it up. Take Golden State, four and a half, minus four and a half. Why? Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, here are their numbers in the last two games from behind the three-point line. In Game 2, the Splash Brothers combined three for 17 behind the three-point line in Game 2. In a loss. In a game three loss, the Splash Brothers combined five for 16 from behind the three-point line. You want me to do the math for you? That's eight for 33 combined from behind the three-point line for the Splash Brothers in the last two games. They have to be better than that at some point, right? Even with good defense. Even with first-team all-defense in their face. It's got to be better than that. Tonight's the night. It's better than that. Golden State 
I'm giving I'm put your money on the Warriors minus four and a half in this one. And here's a game you shouldn't put money on, even the rest of the playoffs. A series you shouldn't put money on. The Clippers Rockets is as unwatchable basketball. It's it's as unwatchable as you've as I've seen any sport. It, that was an all this embarrassing stuff. David Blatt, the things he was doing is embarrassing. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, Clippers Rockets, embarrassing to the NBA. The hack a strategy. The hack a Jordan. You know, you get in the penalty, you start just running after DeAndre Jordan and following him every single time the Clippers get the ball. Even when DeAndre Jordan at times was purposely staying back in, you know, uh, back in the play. And you get the half-court defensive setup going for Houston. And you get a guy all of a sudden doing a full sprint all the way down the end of the court where the play is not at just to foul DeAndre Jordan. It's so stupid. And it took, what, it took like an hour and a half for the first half last night. Oh, it's unwatchable. You can't watch it. I tried to. I gave it a shot. And the only reason I stuck around a little bit was because it was so stupid. This, see, this rule needs to change with this. When you foul a guy like that, here's what needs to happen. Here's how you change it. If they're going to run around and foul DeAndre Jordan when he doesn't have the ball, the rule should be, if you foul like that, the team gets to pick someone who's on the court to take the free throw. It doesn't have to be DeAndre Jordan. And if you're, you know, if you're the Rockets and that was the rule, and let's say you could let Chris Paul take those free throws, are you going to run around and foul DeAndre Jordan? No, it's going to stop. It's going to stop. You're not going to keep doing that. Um, so that's how I think you change the rule. Right? Uh, if you want to put him at the line and you want to follow like that for a guy who's away from the play, not even in the play, just because, I mean, DeAndre Jordan's standing on the basket. Chris Paul has it up top. Crosses half court. They're just, they're, follow, they're just like tapping DeAndre Jordan in the chest in the back. We've seen the hacker strategies before, but this is taking it to a whole new level. It is. And, you know, what doesn't, what doesn't look good, really, if, you know, you can't defend it if you're a Clippers fan because, um, well, DeAndre Jordan's missing his free throws. 14 <laughs> of 34. He took 28 free throws in the first half last night. That's insane. 28. He ended up taking 34. He only hit 14 of them. He missed, which means he missed 20. He missed, he missed 20 of 34 free throws, DeAndre Jordan. So if you're the Rockets, you could say, well, I guess it's working. Now, Clippers win the game, 128 to 95. But in the first half, at least, it's, a, it's just an unwatchable strategy. If you want to change the rule and just get that out of there, look, I have no problem if you want to do the, the, the hack-a-shack or the hack-a-Jordan, you know, if he gets the ball at any point and you want to, uh, you know, want to grab him, right? But it's the, it's the away from the ball in the penalty fouls that, you know, away from the play. Here's how you change it. You say, if you want to do that, if, it's, if, it's a, if it is a, if you rule it or deem it an obvious or intentional foul away from the play with a guy who doesn't have the ball in the penalty, here's what you do. You, you let the team that gets fouled pick someone who's on the court to take those free throws. And if that's the rule, we don't even see this strategy. 
unless you do it when DeAndre Jordan has the ball. The problem is they're doing it when he doesn't have the ball, and it's just unwatchable. But that's how you could change it. I think it's an easy fix. I actually think it's something that's going to happen. And what was even more embarrassing for the NBA is that while that game was going on last night, you saw one of the more exciting finishes you'll see in a Stanley Cup playoff game between the Rangers and the Capitals. Rangers win this. They force a game seven. Uh, which is going to be Wednesday night. All right, so Wednesday. So they get, they get the extra day. There's no NHL game tonight. None. The Blackhawks sweep the Wild. They will play the Ducks now. The Ducks beat Calgary last night in Game 5 to eliminate Calgary. Ducks won it last night in OT. So the Blackhawks will play Anaheim. And we have the Eastern Conference still battling. The Canadiens are alive. They fell behind three games to none. They win game four and five. They won't play till tomorrow night, Tuesday night, in Tampa Bay, game six. That's going seven back to Montreal. It's going seven. And then the Rangers, Capitals, uh, the Rangers win last night. An exciting game. They force a game seven. It's back at Madison Square Garden. Ovechkin has, after the game, he guaranteed a win in game seven. He said, not only are we going to win, we're going to win and we'll be playing either Montreal or Tampa Bay in the next round. That's what Ovechkin said. So Ovechkin better step up because I, I believe he has no goals in the last four. Right? But that game's not going to be until Wednesday back at Madison Square Garden. So that was an exciting finish. If you were looking for excitement last night, it wasn't in the Houston Rockets-LA uh, Clippers game. It just wasn't. I mean, the crowd was out of it. It was just, uh, it was unwatchable, that strategy they used. There is a way to fix it. I, 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 hope, they, I hope they go into that. Uh, there was a little excitement before those playoff games began because you had another form of playoff in the form of golf. The Players' Championship, Ricky Fowler on the green, making out with his girl. <laughs> you know, that wasn't like one of those kiss your wife after a title. Uh, moments. That was a that was a make out with your girl on the dance floor uh, on a Saturday night in Faneuil Hall moments, right? That was <laughs> that was one of those. Ricky Fowler, give him credit. Uh, his girlfriend's an absolute babe, and he's a young kid living a life. Wins the Players' Championship, and uh, look, he did it in style. He does it in a playoff. Uh, Kisna had a shot to win it through, you know, just the final round. And he missed a putt on 18 to win it. And it just barely, it just, just cut the edge. Couldn't do it. Three-way playoff. Garcia. I can never, I can never root for Sergio Garcia. There's just something about him. I can't do it. I usually don't root for Ricky Fowler. But I was rooting for him yesterday. Kisner and Fowler, after the three-hole playoff, they did 16, 17, 18. Garcia was out. And then Kisner and, and, and Fowler was still tied. So they went back to 17. And 17's that hole, right? No fairway. The, the, here's the fairway. Water. Water is the fairway on 17 at TPC Sawgrass. So Ricky Fowler, and it was all tournament, just sticking it next to the pin, right? Just sticking it. He was pin hunting yesterday, and he did it again in the final hole of the playoff. Ricky Fowler wins the Players' Championship Um so, exciting finish to that golf tournament, which they, it isn't really a major, but unofficially, it's the fifth major. 
I believe it's the highest purse in in the, in the tour, right? Um, but or is it even in what is, is it even considered the tour? It, put it this way, it it it's it's an unofficial major. It's the fifth major, but it's unofficial. You took down one point eight mil. On one point eight mil. Yeah. Wow. And we know the, the other prize that he had after he won, right? We, we saw what happened there. Oh, we didn't see it all, but um, we saw a preview of that on the green, which you know, NBC, they get a little wild. They came back from commercial at one point playing Lady Gaga at this. I was wondering what was going on. Um, there was a funny moment right at the first hole of the playoff when they teed off. Uh, somebody yelled, smash potatoes. I thought that was good. Uh, exciting tournament over the weekend. Ricky Fowler, congratulations on winning the Players' Championship in a playoff. Uh, Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, uh, obviously a major story in my personal life with regards to just Boston sports. I try not to just do Boston sports, even though I give you the Boston edge, and this is a Boston-based show. I We're on the World Wide Web, baby. We got to do it all. So... I understand that the average sports fan doesn't give a fuck about the Boston Red Sox and their struggles, but I do, so i got to mention it before I sign off on today's podcast. And I look up to the TV just to check and make sure nothing's broken on the Tom Brady suspension front. When that does happen, uh, I'll, I'll break it down on the following day's podcast. So if it does break for you today, I'll, I'll get to it tomorrow because we're recording this early on this Monday morning. May 11th, but over the weekend, the Red Sox had bad moments, but they had a good moment to close out the weekend. Yesterday in Toronto, Clay Buckholtz caught a Blue Jays team that was sort of sleepwalking in the batter's box with an early 1 o'clock start. Uh, Buckholtz was good yesterday, and they needed him to be because he's been absolutely brutal. Six and a third, seven hits, three runs, no home runs. He walked three. He only struck out three through 102 pitches. But Buckholtz picks up his second win of the season. He's now 2-4 and four with a 5.73 ERA. The story, really, of this game, though, was that Buckholtz had a four-run lead early. Mike Napoli, with a big home run, uh, gave the Red Sox a 4 nothing lead through one. You get a Sandoval home, two-run home run in the fifth. Puts the Red Sox up 6-1. to one. When you go from Buckholtz to Tazawa to Uihara, you know, that's sort of the way you draw it up. So you got to credit Clay Buckholtz for being good enough on this day. Now, does that mean I trust Buckholtz to come out in his next start and be dominant? No, I don't trust him at all. In fact, if anything, I'd put my money against him on doing that. So uh, let's see how this plays out with him. And, and the Red Sox are clearly not scared to make some moves. Alan Craig sent down to the minors. Fine. Uh, JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr. brought up. I'm wondering when the Rusne Castillo call-up is going to happen. Shane Victorino. Shane Victorino is joining the team in Oakland on their West Coast trip, which begins tonight. Uh, so Victorino, I'm expecting, will be back in the lineup at some point here pretty soon. Then you get the Red Sox. They trade Edward Mujica to Oakland for, you know, a bag of quarters. Honestly, they gave him away for cash considera- cash, and a player to be named later. How's that for a smack in the face? Uh, and they, you know, they obviously, before all this stuff, they fired the pitching coach, Juan Nieves. They have hired, they have hired Carl Willis, who's coming from AAA 
Columbus in the Cleveland Indians organization. Uh, you know, he's not going to save the day. John Farrell's a pitching guy anyways. So that's not really a big move to me. It's unfortunate for Juan Nieves, who had to take the heat, who had to take the fall for rotation, a rotation that sucks. But um, at some point, I think you need you know, certain guys to change the scenery. Buck Holtz was good enough yesterday. Doesn't mean I'm sitting there telling you he's untouchable or he can't be moved. And you say, well, what would it, why would a team want him? Because I think a change of scenery would do him good. I do. Buck Holtz is just, he's still, even in a win yesterday, he's just frustrating to watch. He, does, you know, he doesn't always look confident. And he even gets hurt a little bit yesterday, right? Tweaked something. You know, he's fidgety. He's a, he, he just... He, he just seems like he's always overthinking everything, and that stresses him out. And that's not going to work long-term. I'm sorry. It's not. Or at least it's not going to work long-term to the point where I'm going to want him to have the ball in a big spot late in the season if the season's either on the line in September or in a playoff series in October, right? I just don't. Nothing that he can do here moving forward to me, is going to be good enough to, to give me enough confidence in him late in the season. And with that said, maybe package him with some prospects and, and hey, maybe you sell him high. Maybe you trade, trade high right now. Right? Sell high. Maybe. It's something I think they should still consider. So, the Red Sox are making moves. Uh, I, I don't think they're done either. So, we'll see what happens with that. Tonight, it's Rick Porcello against Scott Kazmir on the West Coast. Late start. So, we're going to I'm going to be going to have some groggy moments here this week, the next couple days, because the Sox are in Oakland, then in Seattle. Um, and when this Brady news breaks, maybe that'll wake me up a little bit, and I'm sure I'll be fired up because I'm sure the suspension is going to be embarrassing. Again, the reports over the weekend were that Goodell was thinking of, or at least the Patriots were bracing themselves for a six to eight game suspension. Oh, man. Look, it's giving me a headache getting fired up about it. It's so stupid. So stupid. It really is one of the dumber things, one of the dumbest stories that I have ever seen in the history of following professional sports as a fan, reporter, media member, you name it. You can't give me, you cannot give me a dumber storyline than the inflation level of a football and how a quarterback should be suspended because... They may or may not have been messing with the football before a game, but at the same time, the officials may or may not have been properly, uh, you know, properly gauging the footballs and also may or may not have been properly inflating them to the right PSI level. That's where the issue begins to me, and if that's where it begins, then that's where this issue ends. If it's an official's issue, which it clearly is, if you don't see that, by reading the Wells report that this is a an NFL officials issue, then then clearly you're reading what you want. You're reading what you want. I've told you how I felt. I think the Patriots do stuff to the football, but I think everybody does. And I think when Brady denies, he's thinking of it like, "You fools, do you know what other people do with the football? Do you know that I'm not the first person to wake up one day and say, guys, we got to take some air out of the football.'" But I'm admitting to you that they do some things. This is me. This is, this is, this is Danny talking again. I'm not talking for Tom Brady anymore. Uh, me, here's how I feel. It's since they you know, may have, I guess, broke the rule with regards to the protocol, once the officials handle it, 
The teams cannot do anything to the balls. You got to bring them right to the field. If they did something there, fine. Give them a fine. It's fine. You give them a fine. That's it. That's it. With suspension? What? I mean, it's just so stupid. And you know why the biggest reason you don't suspend them? The biggest reason is because if you're going to believe what's in the Wells report, then you believe that there is a history of the Patriots using overinflated footballs. And actually, if you're going to believe the text messages, hey, there's the text from Jastrzemski to both McNally and his fiance that said the balls were down to 13. They wanted them at 13. And let's say the deflator McNally is doing things to the football after the officials use them. Based on Tom Brady not being happy with the officials and the footballs, there's a history of that in this report because they overinflate them. What if McNally's deflating them to 12.5? That's a legal PSI, isn't it? So, uh, people see, look, you, got, you know who they are. You got certain people that just, they want to crush the Patriots, and that's that. And, you know, those people will look at people like me, and they'll say, oh, these people are homers, this, that. Well, no, I'm telling you that I think the Patriots did something to the football. But look around the league. Look around the other teams. Look around at the officials in the same report that we're both reading, you fucking fools. We're both reading the same report, right? How are you not going to acknowledge that the officials are just fucking up everything? How do you not acknowledge that? They don't want to acknowledge it. That's why. They want this on the Patriots. They need this on the Patriots to have something to talk about because when there's controversy, especially with one of the biggest names in the business, this is the stuff that gets them their calls, that gets them their ratings, that makes them what they are. And you know who these fucking people are too, okay? And then you get the news. And you get the networks. And when I say networks, I mean the news networks. So anybody in the media that wants to throw shots around here that say, oh, what's he talking about? What's Picard talking about the networks? The fucking news networks, you dickhead. All right? The news networks are going to report the sexy stories. They're going to jump all over Brady and the word cheating in the same sentence. They're going to jump all over it. Jump all over it. The opinions that I've been giving you since this Wells report came out on this show on WEI over the weekend, on social media, you're not going to hear these opinions on CNN or MSNBC or Fox. You're not going to hear that. You're not going to hear any of this stuff. Because nobody wants it to be about that. Right? It's Tom Brady. Clearly he went against the rules. And clearly he knew about it by the text messages. And that's that. You won't hear the story on the issue being even larger, which is on the officials. Because that isn't even going to make the news. If the story here is that Walt Anderson is a clueless is a clueless official who doesn't know what he's doing before the game or at least doesn't care about the measurement of the PSI levels in a football before a game. If the officials don't care and the officials don't abide by the rules, which is make sure every football is between 12 and a half and 13 and a half. And oh, by the way, Brady had to send the rule book to the officials before the Bears game to let them know that just because it's between 12 and a half, 13 and a half, doesn't mean you have to fill it up to 13 and a half. He wants it at 12 and a half, okay? That's, that's said in the report, but peep, you're not, that won't be 
That won't be on the networks. You won't, you won't see that part. You'll just see that the deflator is taking air out of the football in an evil fashion in the bathroom, right? Because they are trying to cheat to win. It, it's crazy. This is an officials issue, and the fact that you got people like Mike Florio who wanted to compare this a suspension, he wants to compare this to domestic violence. All right, it's outrageous. The tweets that this guy sends, it's he's, he's this guy. He's an alien. I don't know what I don't know what his issue is. Right? If he just like Mike Florio one day was on TV and like ripped his face off, right, and he was an alien. Would anybody, like, would anybody be shocked? I know I wouldn't. Right? He's got that big head. If he just takes his head off and all of a sudden Mike Florio is like an alien, like, would we, would we be like, <gasps> I know I wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, it's about right. This guy's made no fucking sense every time he's ever said anything. <laughs> no sense. <laughs> what, do we, what did we really expect? This guy obviously is not a human. So, um... Yeah, it's an official's issue. And if you're Goodell and you read this, you say, wait a minute. Ready? I mean, I'll, let me play Goodell. I'll read the Wells report, right? I'm reading it, reading it. Oh, wow. What? What is this? What? What's going on? 16 PSI. Wait a minute. Walt Anderson had two. He doesn't even know what gauge he used to pump the footballs up. Wait a minute. He didn't record the air pressure of the football. Wait, wh- what is going? Wait, he messed up on a K ball. They left the ball in on a couch. Wait, he didn't properly mock a K ball. Wait a minute. What? What was McN- What? Wait, Walt Anderson. Wait, I gotta call Walt. I can't call Walt. They're under investigate. We need to investigate what we're doing before the game. That's how I would react if I'm Roger Goodell. And if I, if that's my reaction. I can't suspend anyone, any player, any team if my officials aren't handling the balls properly. It ends there. That's it. You want to say there's evidence in here that says the Patriots didn't bring the balls directly to the field before the game. They they must do that. Fine. Find them. Okay? Find the Patriots. Fine. Find whoever you want. Find whoever you think was at least generally aware of the situation. Okay? Hit him up with a fine. But if I'm the commissioner, I cannot hit anybody up with the suspension based on the fact that my own officials aren't getting it right. And the minute I find out my own officials are getting it wrong and are clueless or at least are careless enough where they don't give a damn about the PSI levels, then we got to move on. Nothing to see here, folks. The officials fucked up. We don't like the fact that teams are controlling their footballs anymore. We're going to change the rule. We're going to let the league handle the footballs. Not even the officials. The league. We're going to create new jobs in the NFL. We're going to have somebody whose only purpose in life is to handle the footballs for both teams. Both teams will use the same football. Uh, You won't be able to doctor them up in any way, shape, or form. And everybody's just going to be happy in the NFL, right? That's another thing here. By the way, I hear people say, oh, the whole league would love to see Brady get crushed. Well, I'm sure there's a couple people, GMs, couple owners of other teams that don't like the way Brady wins. Let's talk about the players for a minute. You think, honestly, that Peyton Manning wants to see Tom Brady get suspended? I I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, they'd like to see Brady and the Patriots lose some games. 
it's just, this is bigger than that. And maybe Peyton Manning's a bad example because he doesn't have much time left in the league. I'm talking about quarterbacks that have plenty of time left in the league, that do things to their footballs. You think that they want this thing being a major punishment, right? No. Because as I said in my Metro column, more probable than not, there were a lot of quarterbacks on Wednesday night who had given phone calls to their equipment assistants saying, hey, delete all those fucking texts, please, that you were sending uh, whoever we have going into the officials' locker room, make sure everything's deleted. The players don't want to see that. I'm telling you right now. This is stuff that happens. The play, there's a reason why people want it, why the players control their own footballs, why the quarterbacks, kickers, they control their own footballs. It's because they want to. It's because they need to. It's because each quarterback has a personal preference on their own football that the critics here going against Tom Brady, it's something they just cannot comprehend. But Brady's the only one. So, that's, there's an idea out there that everybody wants Brady to go down. I don't think so. I don't think the players... I've seen players come out and defend him. Colin Kaepernick tweeted. He said, there is no football in the world that could help a team win by 38 points. And he said, let Tom be great. Enough. A couple other players coming out. This is... This need, I'm telling you right now, if the league suspends Tom Brady, even by one game, it'll be the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened for this league. And I'm telling you, the players' union's going to be bullshit. Brady's camp, his lawyers, there's going to be lawsuits. This is only going to get more ugly. It is. This is only going to get worse. And people say, well, if he doesn't suspend him, he looks like he's helping out Robert Kraft. Well, if he suspends him, he looks like he's thinking about that and purposely suspending Tom Brady so it looks like he's not helping out Robert Kraft. Goodell is in a lose-lose situation. But if you want to handle this thing, move and see, this should, he needs to think long-term here. Forget about the short-term reaction to how critics might, might you know, respond to the whole Goodell-Kraft relationship. That is short-term thing. That's a short-term thing. When I say long-term, I mean the league. Because you're setting a precedent. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You set a precedent. You're saying to yourself, we're going to suspend someone this amount for this. By the way, when I say this, we don't really know what this is. And that's where you get into a very dangerous area of setting those precedents. Right? So long term, and then you get the players union, the players association. We're going to talk, we're talking lawsuits. Okay? We're talking lawsuits. This is not going to end at a suspension for Tom Brady. And if it goes back to what I opened the show with here, coming around full circle, which is when the Patriots, when it comes time to raise that championship banner, it's going to be a terrible look for the league if the Patriots decide to do what I think they should do, what's been going around on Twitter all weekend, which is no Brady, no banner. I'm on board for that. I hope the Patriots, I hope they are too. No Brady, no banner. If Tom Brady can't play in that game, week one, national TV against the Steelers on Thursday night, with the world watching, with Goodell in attendance, if Tom Brady can't play because you think he probably was at least generally aware of something that we don't even know happened, I hope the Patriots say, fuck Roger Goodell, fuck the National Football League, this is our banner, we're going to raise it in week three. We're going to raise that thing. 
when the Jaguars are in town on Sunday, September 27th at about 12.30 in the afternoon. Right? That's when we're going to do it. Screw national TV. Screw Sunday Night Football. We're going to do it on our terms if they're going to suspend our quarterback. That's what I hope they do. Now, will they do it? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. I think they should, though. That's the, at first, you see things like this on Twitter. You say that's never going to happen, or at least, come on, that just shouldn't happen. I think this is, I think that's a legit cry. I, I think the Patriots, I think they should consider that if Tom Brady's suspended. I got my eye on the TV, and uh, right at, as of this morning, Monday morning, I haven't seen a punishment for Tom Brady. People are expecting it. Adam Schefter is on the edge of his seat. He's got four cell phones out. He's got his email open. He's got his Bluetooth in his ear. Uh, what else does he use? We know how many text messages Adam Schefter. We know how many contacts are in his phone. He's ready for it. Mike Florio's ready to overreact to something, right? And uh, everybody's ready to overreact. I, I can't wait to react. So they better hurry up with this punishment. What are they waiting for? I don't know what they're waiting for. Because the the longer we get, the longer this plays out, the more likely it is that some, you've seen it already. Mike Florio acts like he discovered America. Right? When he, he looks at the Wells report last night and says, oh, wow, look at this footnote. No, Mike, we've all read it. I've been on that since Thursday. Okay? So... But that's what's going to happen. More of the national people, right, who wanted to go into this whole Wells report with an agenda, wanted to overreact to text messages, wanted to overreact on inflation levels of a football, wanted to overreact to McNally and Jastrzemski, wanted to just overreact because that's what they do. The longer this thing plays out with no punishment handed down, the more time they're going to have to keep reading it and finding the common sense things that jumped off the page to people like me and all the people that have responded to me on Twitter the last couple days. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening. I'm glad that we're on, some of us are on the same page. But the longer Goodell waits, the more people are going to come out and say, wait a minute, maybe this should just be a fine. Because as time goes on, we are going to look back on this. And the people who crushed Tom Brady are going to look like laughable clowns. They already look like that to me. But to everybody else, they're going to say, eh, maybe we overreacted just a bit. Will Roger Goodell overreact? We'll find out. We're waiting to see. When we do, I'll break it all down. Here five days a week, dannypicard.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like me on Facebook, every form of social media that's out there. You can also get the show on Stitcher. Tune in. Any app that lets you get a podcast, you'll be able to get it. Even subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Working on a couple special guests for later in the week. But again, could be any moment now, this Tom Brady punishment. If it does happen later today, I'll break it down on tomorrow's podcast. Even if it doesn't break, there will be other stuff going on that I will talk about. Until then, see ya.